and welcome to Counselor Confidential. I am your host, Courtney Caldwell. First, I want to start off by saying thank you so much for tuning in to my very first episode on my podcast. I have been thinking about this, and it's been on my heart for a really long time to start a podcast, and I am just so excited to finally, finally be doing it. So let's start out with a little bit about me. I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Kansas, and I specialize in mental health therapy for teen girls and young adults. I do also see older adults, and um, I also see males, but my specialization is teen girls. My office is in the Overland Park, Leewood area. Um, When I'm not in the office, I'm at home with my four kiddos. I have two boys and two girls, ages nine, six, three, and four months, and I feel like my life is just crazy. I am, on one hand, my professional life, I'm sitting and working with teens and young adults, and then the other half of my life, I feel like I am just constantly running one kid to one, you know, practice, and another to a game, and... I've got a three-year-old that's constantly trying to, you know, kill himself and a four-month-old that doesn't sleep. So it's just wild. Um, I've got, you know, I literally am leaving, you know, just in time to get there before my session to my office. And, you know, I might have spit up on my shirt, hurry up and change. It's just, it's a circus at my house and my life. But I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. I think it would be really just incredibly, incredibly boring if it wasn't like that. So, I, um, I'm i from a tiny town in southern Missouri, and I am absolutely sure you probably have never, ever heard of it. It is a town of 2,000 people. It's a really bustling city, and <laughs> um, no, it's a really great place to grow up and to be raised, and I really am so thankful that that is where I was raised, and, you know, those people that live there, nicest people you ever met, take the shirt off their back for you. Really, I'm, I'm really grateful that I grew up in such a small town. I married my high school slash college sweetheart. Um, he was a senior when I was a freshman in high school, and we really kind of started dating when he was a, and when he was in college, and, um, well, I was a senior or freshman, senior, I think, in high school, started dating, um, and got married and moved to Kansas City because he had been offered an engineering job at Garmin. So that's how we ended up here. We like to joke that I was a child bride and that my parents had to give me permission and sign my marriage certificate. I'm joking. They absolutely did not have to do that but probably should have. I was so young. I was 19. I was a teenager when I got married. He was 22, so he wasn't much older, Um, but it really was the best and easiest decision I ever made, probably the riskiest and could have been the dumbest decision I've ever made, but luckily it worked out and we've been married for almost 16 years. I, you know, now that I'm closer to 40 than I am, you know, 19, I think, if I'm doing the math right, yeah, unfortunately, 
Um, I don't know how my parents were like, oh yeah, sure. You know, let's let our 19 year old get married. I mean, I was a hot mess growing up. So maybe my parents were just like ready to get me out of there, but crazy, crazy, crazy. So we moved up here and I got my bachelor's degree or finished up my bachelor's degree at UMKC. Go Ruse! Um, in psychology. And, you know, what happened was who, like, what kind of a job do you get with psychology? I mean, it's such a broad, it's a broad discipline that you could really do anything. And so I had minored in criminal justice and criminology. And I thought, you know, I am really good at this. And I'm probably not smart enough to be a therapist or a psychologist. So I'm going to get my master's in criminal justice and I am going to work with people in probation and parole. Maybe I'll get to work for the FBI. Who even knows? I just had kind of romanticized the psychology, criminal justice, criminology world, probably from watching too much um, Dateline and um, I don't know, all of those crime shows that I used to love to watch. It turns out, though, after I uh, started working at a detox place, I realized that those criminals are probably not people I want to be working with on a daily basis by myself. Uh, so, yeah, but too bad for me. I already had a degree in criminal justice, uh, and I was working at that time at the detox center, and I absolutely adored it. I mean, I loved it so, so much. I learned so much from the people that were in there. And I think that's really where my love of people and my calling came from. I remember feeling just so alive every time I went to work. I was exhausted and it was really sad a lot of times and sometimes scary, but it really was so rewarding. And I just knew right then and there that I had I had to, you know, I had to help people for the rest of my life. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I felt like I was called to do. So at that time, I uh, began working at the Children's Division in Kansas City, and that was the absolute worst job I've ever had in my entire life. I absolutely hated it. I hated it. I lasted three months, probably actually two and a half months, if we're being really honest. I just hated it. It was not my cup of tea. Um, understandably, the people that their kids are taken away from them, they're not very nice or happy. And you kind of get the brunt of it. And then, you know, I had a huge caseload and it just, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I was going places I wasn't familiar with. I mean, think about it. I'm this, you know, girl from a town of 2,000 people and now I'm working in downtown Kansas City. Like, it just culture shock for sure. So quit that job. Um, I was actually pregnant at the time when I quit that job. I stayed home with my son for a little while and then I got a, I got a degree. <laughs> I got a job at a licensing. I was actually Missouri Baptist Children's Home. I did foster home and kinship licensing and, um, worked with foster homes and families that took in these kiddos and I just adored that wrote home studies made sure the homes were safe the training all of that I just really adored that and it was sometime around then that I 
had been kind of reflecting and I just thought I really love helping people. Um, that job was ending. It was part of a, not a grant, but it was like, a it was a pilot program and it was ending. Um, they had lost the bid. So I didn't have a job there anymore, unfortunately. And you know, I was really sad and grieving that and thinking like, what am I going to do? Because I cannot be a stay at home mom. I just can't. I can't. I will actually lose my mind. I've, I've got to have a, a job outside of the home. And so at that point, I had really been thinking about it and praying about it. And I just told my husband, listen, I've got to go back to school, which was kind of a, I don't want to say touchy subject, but I mean, I'm sure he's probably thinking in the back of his head, is this heifer ever going to get a job? Is she ever going to contribute to our household? Or is she just going to continue to get degrees that she doesn't use? Um, he actually probably wasn't thinking that because he's an amazing guy, but he was really supportive and said, you know, I think you're right. I do think that this is your calling. Do it. Go for it. So I started, I don't even know what year. Oh, it was a while ago. Um, 17, maybe I started at MNU in Aletha and that program just was nothing that I had ever prepared myself for. And it, it really was three years of intensive counseling. I, my classmates and I always like to joke around that, you know, it was free counseling and it really wasn't free. Obviously it was very expensive, but it, in a sense, it was counseling for us. We learned a lot about ourselves, a lot about other people, how to interact with other people. Um, it, was just, it was an amazing experience and I'm so thankful that I had that experience there. So I actually graduated and I use the term graduated very loosely because there was no graduation, of course, because my graduation was set for May, 2020. And we know how that story ends. Not well, no graduations. So I got my cap and gown and cords in the mail and my hood in the mail and I, I put it on and I wore it outside in my driveway on the day I was supposed to graduate with my neighbors and we just hung around and chatted and laughed and we made a TikTok. It was really a lot of fun. Not as fun as an actual graduation would be, but it, it was a it was a pretty close second. So did that, got licensed, um, and I jumped right into private practice because what better time to start a business than the middle of a pandemic, right? I actually was I was really nervous about that, but you know, I thought, well, might as well just give it a go. What else am I gonna do? I was worried, one, that people wouldn't come because they couldn't. We were in quarantine. But then also, people were unsure about their jobs, unsure if they were going to have a job. So would they even be paying money for therapy? I didn't know. But I, what I did know was that if there was ever a time that we needed mental health help, it was then. And when I say we, I mean me as well. That was a real depressing time. Really depressing time. So I started then, I did most of my sessions online, um, and then gradually went back in person. I prefer in person, but I will do online. So, yeah. So I've been doing this for three years now. 
I am um, about to add an LCPC behind my name, which I'm pretty excited about. It basically just means that I won't have to meet with a supervisor every other week for an hour. Um, and my supervisor is at, was actually one of my professors in college or getting my master's. And um, he actually taught marriage, couple, and family, and I am mental health. So I had him for some classes, but not a lot. But I just adored him and um, asked him to take me on as a supervisee when I graduated. And he didn't hesitate. And he said yes, even though I wasn't actually ever really taught, you know, his way of counseling. And I don't think that we could be more opposite, but I have just learned so much from him, I think, because we are so different. Um, and I use a lot of the things that I learned from him in therapy with my more mature clients. He's going to absolutely cringe when he hears me say that I use CBT, and I do. I use it with my teens. I know it's the worst, isn't it? But... I have found that that's really effective with teenagers. And then I do more emotion-focused, experiential, um, a lot of like where do you feel that in your body, mindfulness, that type of thing with my more mature clients. Um, so I won't have to meet with him every other week, and I really will miss entertaining him. Um, he, if you don't know him, is very chill. He's very laid back and he just has, um, he's pretty intimidating when you first meet him because it looks like from the way he looks at you that he can see straight into your soul and he just makes you cry. I remember just always crying <laughs> anytime I saw him <laughs> and, um, now he doesn't make me cry because I've learned how to kind of like skirt around that, but I will definitely miss talking to him and seeing him as often as I have. And so I'm hoping that you guys will get to meet him on the podcast. I'm hoping that I can twist his arm and get him on here because he really is phenomenal. He has tons of valuable information about attachment and trauma um, and emotions. Uh, he's really big into like AEDP and um, really good at portrayals. He's just, he really is amazing. So I hope that I can get him to come on here and share some of that information with you because I've learned so much from him and I know all the listeners would learn so much from him as well. Um, so how did I come to wanting to do a podcast? And it's, you know, it's crazy because it's not like I have a lot of time. I'm really kind of struggling, to be honest, with... Um, with handling everything as, as it is. I mean, four kids is a lot. And so it, it is kind of hard. But so why am I doing it? Well, obviously, it's because I love hearing myself talk. I'm a therapist. Therapists love hearing themselves talk, right? No, actually not. I hate hearing myself talk. When I was in school, they made us record ourselves during counseling sessions. Ugh. And then we had to write the transcript word for word. I just wanted to like cut my ears off. It was awful. I honestly don't, I don't want to do, I didn't want to do a podcast. My life, like I said, it's chaotic. Um, and I just didn't have the time. And when I'm not dealing with elementary school kids, I'm dealing with teen kids. And I just didn't have, I just don't feel like I have the bandwidth for it. Um, but... 
I, and I think the other thing with that too, another layer to that, that's a little different. I think when you're looking at counseling in general, you're dealing with, a lot of times you're dealing with like people your age or older, right? And so it's not as hard or as big of a, a curve, but with me, I'm dealing with teenagers and I haven't been a teenager for a long time, like a long time. It feels like I just graduated high school, but I actually didn't. Am I right, millennials? That was a while ago. My clients, they don't even know what social media or what life is like without social media and without TikTok. And I didn't even have the internet for like the longest time. My internet was the kind that was, um, you know, that made the like the ring, you know, like the, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that, the, you know, to connect and then, and then your friends couldn't call or like no one could call if someone was on the internet and your parents wouldn't let you get on if they were expecting a phone call. Yeah, that's when I grew up right there. And then, you know, we kind of progressed and, and got cell phones when I was in high school and I shared one with my father, which is super cool. But what makes it even more cool is that he was my high school principal. So as you can imagine, I was super popular and I was invited to all the parties. Actually, no, I wasn't because, well, I shared a phone with him. So there's that. I'm veering off. All right, so why a podcast? Um, it's something that God put on my heart four to five months ago, to which I promptly said, thanks so much for thinking of me, but that's going to be a no. And it kept coming up over and over from this person and that person and just different in different ways. Confirmation after confirmation. And then I would ask for more confirmation and I would get more confirmation. And I said, all right, let's give it a go. If you want me to do it, I'll do it. But I only want it to do, I only want to do it if it's straight from you. If it's from me, I don't, I don't want it to be of me or about me at all because I'm really quite boring to be honest with you. But, um, so here's a disclaimer because I am sure that I'm going to get a lot of people are going to have ruffled feathers when they hear this, that I, I have the audacity to be a Christian and to be a counselor. So first off, I just want to say, um, you should probably save your comments maybe for somebody else because I'm not going to read them. So, you know, just don't probably just like scroll on or find a different podcast. Um, so it, it turns out that legally and ethically you can believe in whatever you want to believe and you can still be a therapist. Um, you just are not allowed to put your beliefs and your thoughts, your religion, your morals, your values onto your clients. And I actually don't do that. (laughs) In fact, I think I do a pretty good job of it. I bet a lot of my clients that are listening probably don't know I'm a Christian or I don't know, maybe I've, I mean, I've, with some of them, we've literally never talked about it. Um, so anyone that tells you that you have to be a blank slate to be a therapist, it's just not possible. No one is a blank slate. Everyone comes in with their own beliefs, ideas, morals, values, the way that they see the world. And there's no way to just completely erase that. Do we think my beliefs influence the way I interact with my clients? I absolutely hope so. I hope that I have a heart like Jesus and I hope that other people can see that. Whether, you know, um, I explicitly say it, I really do hope that I give off that caring, loving, uh, positive, unconditional, positive regard for my client. 
Do I talk about faith in therapy? I only talk about faith when the client brings it up or has asked on intake paperwork for it to be integrated. Um, and so when I say that, that doesn't mean Christianity and therapy exclusively. It means that do you want your religion, do you want your beliefs incorporated into therapy? And the reason for that is that studies have shown that therapy paired with religion and spirituality are more effective. Um, I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense. If you take the way that the person interacts in the world, the lens that they view the world through, their morals, their values, the things that motivate them, the things that hold them to a certain standard. If you take that and you pair that with your unconditional positive regard for the client, your healing relationship, and your therapeutic interventions, that is going to be way more successful than if you just use interventions and the relationship by itself. Um, So, with that being said, I want to make it clear this is not a Christian therapy podcast, um, and I'm not a Christian therapist. I am a Christian, and I'm a therapist, and I guess you could say I'm a Christian therapist, but that's not the perspective that I'm coming from. Um... So just rest assured that's not going to be a topic, but I did want to bring it up because I'm going to be, I want to be honest. I want you to know the view that I'm, I'm looking at things through and, um, I, you know, I, I'm very transparent. So I just, I want that to be said just straight away. So if that does bother you, then maybe find a different podcast. Maybe this isn't the best podcast for you. So what will be discussed? Um, I plan to discuss different mental health disorders and how they present. I will discuss um, just fun little psychology facts. I want to do a lot of interviews with mental health professionals, parents, teens, medical providers, really just anyone kind of in the mental health world, perhaps teachers. I don't know. Um, Just different therapy experiences and... I really want to hit hard on attachment styles, attachment, confidence, and identity because I think those two things in general really work pretty closely together. And there are two things, two areas that I think we all can grow in. And so I'm really going to be hitting that hard. And then, um, again, attachment styles, I do think those two kind of go together And then I'm going to talk about CBT, and I know Mr. Todd Fry is absolutely cringing as I say that, but I have found it to be very helpful with my teenagers. So now that you know what to expect, you can decide whether or not you are going to subscribe to this podcast or if you're just going to go on. Um, And if you choose the latter, then you just completely suck and just move on. I'm just kidding. Or am I? Hmm... Seriously, though, I do want to say thank you. Even if this is the only podcast you're going to listen to, it means the world to me that you took some time out of your day to listen to me ramble on and on about myself. And I'm hoping in the next podcast, the next episode, to not talk about myself at all because I actually really don't like talking about myself. It's boring. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have an amazing, amazing day.